Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deitch. Welcome to another episode of Mysteries of God's Word. Today we're in Genesis chapter 15, where God is again reaffirming his covenant promise to Abram. We read in verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Let's talk about verse 1 really quick. It says, After these things, after the failure in Egypt, Abram had now proved himself faithful to God and his family by protecting his believing family member, Lot. And Melchizedek, the priest of the Lord Most High, showed up and blessed Abram immediately after. Abram had been tested, even to the point of doing battle with his own bloodline that came through Noah's son, Seth, and he did so without hesitation to protect Lot. Finally, Abram rejected the offer of wealth from the wicked king of Sodom. And now, shortly after these things, the word of the Lord came. That phrase, the word of the Lord came, is a phrase often used in Scripture to describe God's revelation to his prophets. And God says, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Immediately after that battle with the raiding party and rescuing Lot, God comforts Abram by telling him not to be afraid. God himself would be his protection. And God says, Your reward shall be great. And again, after Abram followed through with his commitment not to take the wealth from the wicked king of Sodom, God reassures him his reward will be great. The other item of note in verse 1 is that Abram is receiving this communication from the Lord in a vision. Now, in the English language, we don't recognize that there are actually different types of visions described in Scripture. The word vision can be used to describe God showing someone something about his plan that they can literally see with their eyes. Or it could be God giving someone divine insight or wisdom through his word, either written or audibly. Or as in this case, it could be going into a trance-like state. This kind of trance cuts off your senses to the outside world, almost like having a dream, except it's during the day and possibly with your eyes still open. There's only two people that experienced this kind of trance-like vision in Scripture, Abram and Balaam. But it's important to note that the Hebrew uses different words for different kinds of visions. Picking up in verse 2, But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. So we see that in this trance-like state, it was not simply a one-way conversation in which God was showing Abram something. 
but rather Abram was able to carry on a conversation with the Lord. And Abram says, what will you give me? Abram begins a very open and honest conversation with the Lord here, confessing to him his doubts while at the same time trusting his promise. Abram trusts the Lord's promise that the Lord is going to do what he said, but Abraham is confused as to how this is going to happen. And Abram begins by asking God, what are you going to give me? Because he was still without a physical heir. He says, I continue childless. Abram is speaking to God what's on his heart. And even though Abram knows God's promise, he trusts God's promise. In many ways, we see him walking in faith, trusting God. There's still some nagging questions that are giving him doubt and concern. Now, Eliezer of Damascus was one of Abram's servants, but Abram had adopted him as a male heir. This was something that was common in the Mesopotamian culture for people who had no physical heirs. And for Abram, it must have seemed like the best arrangement he could make, since it appeared as if God was slow in keeping his promise. And isn't this a picture of us? Even while we trust in God's promise, we attempt to do things on our own to make it happen. So it was with Abram. And Abram says, you have given me no offspring. Abram lets out his full emotion here, even accusing God of not giving him what he's promised, confessing to God that he's set up his own plan. What a great example for us to recognize when we are confused as to God's plan and how he's working things out. We can take our concerns to him. In verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. So after Abram confesses his doubt and talks to God about how he's tried to do things on his own, God clarifies his promise and he comforts Abram. God tells him that an heir will come from his own loins. Now Abram will continue to struggle with God's promise and his next test of faith will be over whether his son can come from his wife Sarai, which we will see in chapter 16. In verse 5, we see God brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. And then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. This is the eternal promise reaffirmed to Abram. This is part of the eternal covenant that God is making with Abram. The promise will be foreshadowed through the physical descendants of Abram, the Israelites. And the scripture uses the language of this covenant to describe the millions of Israelites during the time of Moses and David. However, this covenant and its promise of Abram's offspring being as numerous as the stars is not his physical descendants, but it's a promise to all people of all nations who will believe in the Messiah. These are Abram's true descendants and recipients of this covenant. Romans 4.16-18 says, That's why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, speaking of Abram's offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares in the faith of Abraham, 
who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. And in verse 6 we see, And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This statement is used throughout Scripture to show that Abraham, and therefore all men, are justified through faith alone in Christ Jesus. Jesus tells us in John 8.56 that Abram rejoiced that he would see the day of Christ. We're also told in Galatians 3.8 that God preached the gospel to Abraham in the promise that in Abram all the nations shall be blessed, which was a promise to Abram that through his line the Messiah would come. Abram's faith was rooted in God's original promise that God would one day send a seed of Eve that would crush the serpent's head. The Hebrew language here indicates that it's describing how Abram had been a believer prior to this. Abram believed God back in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, when God first called him to leave his kinsmen, to travel into the promised land, and that through him the nations would be blessed. Abram's faith wasn't a work. It was a gift that came through the message of the Messiah the message of a future Savior. Faith itself is not the basis for justification. The Messiah, our Redeemer, is. Faith is the conduit through which justification is received. Abraham did nothing to earn his righteousness. God freely communicated his promise to Abram. And when Abram received the promise, he trusted and followed him one step at a time. Through faith in the coming Messiah, the righteousness of God was placed upon Abram. Another confirming aspect of this faith in the Messiah alone is that we see God here is declaring Abram righteous before Ishmael was ever conceived. Abram was 86 when Ishmael was born, and he was 99 when he was circumcised. Therefore, there was a span of years where Abram simply followed God through the promise of the Messiah without ever being circumcised, without ever having the formal religious ritual that outwardly showed he was a son of God. And All of those years he lived prior to being circumcised, God saw him as righteous. Abram was declared righteous by God at least 14 years before his circumcision. It is through faith in the Messiah alone that the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself is given to us. In fact, when Jesus was talking with the Jewish religious leaders, he confronted them, telling them that they were not the true children of Abraham, because they weren't doing what Abraham did. And they are not children of the Heavenly Father because they're seeking to kill him. 
You see, what Abraham was most known for was that he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But the Jewish leaders were not believing the words of the Father about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And instead, the Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus. Therefore, they were not children of Abraham. Join me next week as we see God give Abram a physical confirmation of this covenant. God bless you this week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings. Thank you.